We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, Rotoviz listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Rotoviz Radio and one of the co-hosts of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening in to another Rotoviz Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Rotoviz NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Rotoviz website, the best tools and content in the business for the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have 5, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show. Justin Fields and Trey Lance impress. Mac Jones should press Cam early. And Trevor Lawrence struggles on his first snap. We're talking all that and more on Roto-Viz Radio. Welcome into the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at Rotoviz, and I am feeling wonderful about the prospects this week, Curtis, because we have both shown up tonight as we record this on Monday evening wearing the Rotoviz snapback hats. I am without the beard that you have seen me with for the entire time that we've known each other, but I still think we're going to knock this one out of the park. It, uh, hey, I can uh, I can appreciate a clean shaven face. Um, it, I am adjusting. I am I'm adjusting. It might take uh, all three episodes here, but um, I can confirm um, that Dave's beard was not hiding anything. He's quite quite handsome. Uh, it's just a different look. Um, so so um, you know, speaking of that, I just want to uh, veer for like the first two minutes here, Dave. You know, I had the uh, awesome privilege slash opportunity of going up to Canton, um, Canton, Ohio last weekend, drafting and, uh, the drafting in the Kings classic. It's a really cool event that, uh, Bob Lung of, uh, consistency guide, the fantasy football consistency guide fame and big guy, fantasy football. He lives up there near the hall of fame, uh, has a good relationship, uh, you know, with, with the facility, uh, actually even gets to help, um, escort the players in each draft class, uh, every year, pretty cool situation. But anyway, a couple of years ago, he created this event, a bit competing in it. 
uh, was honored for winning uh, the the title in the first year. Got a pretty sick championship belt um, that I brought home. Um, so I have to figure out a place to hang that. Um, my wife not nearly as impressed as I would have <laughs> hoped that she would be. Uh, what's happening? I hear Matthew Berry. You hear Matthew Berry? <laughs> I hear Matthew Berry in my what ears. What about now? Uh, I don't know what's happening there. Let's just leave that in. Um, Definitely an ESPN <laughs> tab open okay, somewhere, I'm assuming. Yeah, evidently. Uh, okay. Um, we're not going to roll that back. So you, maybe you'll hear Matthew whispering sweet nothings in my ear uh, there. But anyway, I had a chance to, to do that draft. Um, and as part of that, I actually got to meet a lot of people in the fantasy community face-to-face I hadn't uh, met before. Um, so I got to hang out with Matthew Friedman uh, for an evening uh, of, of Vertiviz, uh lore, of course. And you know now he's over at uh, FTN. Uh, in a role kind of actually kind of similar to mine. Uh, it was really fun hanging out with Matthew. And then I got to meet Sam Wallace. Um, Sam, you know, one of the biggest grinders here at Rotoviz, uh, doing tons of dynasty content. And, uh, you know, we got to game plan a little bit about, you know, what his 2021 might look like and hang. Uh, just a really good time. Hung out with Ryan McDowell, uh, my former uh, podcast partner back from my DLF days. So it's just, a, it was a great time uh, to hang out and socialize. And, uh, yeah, so I, I guess that's tying into seeing your face in a different light, but I also saw a lot of other faces, uh, last weekend. <laughs> Very nice. Well, I was jealous of everybody that got to, uh, go. I'm hoping that I might be able to make it work at some point, maybe next year. We'll see. Of course, you know, it's a tough time being so close to the season, like just in like making sure that the content keeps chugging out at the site and all the stuff getting done on the back end. but I'm sure it was a great time. All right, Curtis, we had some preseason action take place over the weekend. I want to get your take on it. The first place I want to start, though, is how exciting was it to see Justin Fields succeed in his first NFL action as a passer Went 14 for 20, 142 yards, that 7.1 yards per attempt, had a nice touchdown pass. I thought he looked composed, looked very natural um, on that NFL field, showed some of the athleticism. I think that the excitement that we had felt for him was just kind of confirmed by this performance. Now, we're going to caveat everything on this episode by saying, of course, these are one game. I don't think you should overreact too aggressively to good performances. Same goes for the bad performances. But what I really liked about this was the things that we thought would translate with Justin Fields, we're already seeing that it looks like they will. So how how impressed were you? Yeah, I think um, he he definitely looked a little bit better um, against, you know, against the, the deeper uh, defensive players um, against Miami. Um, he didn't come in right away. And, uh, you know, set the, the world on fire. But, you know, the, the thing that was cool, too, from a fantasy perspective, Dave also had 33 rushing yards and the rushing touchdown. Um, and that's what we're really depending on fields for. You know, he's, he's a good passer, good downfield passer, um, aggressive thrower, you know, at Ohio State. But he's he you know, I don't know. I don't think that he's like thousand yard uh, rushing upside, but I do think that he could be a five or six hundred rushing yard uh, quarterback in the NFL. And, you know, add five, six rushing touchdowns a year, just really going to be, you know, a classic Konami code uh, type guy, but that also has the arm. 
Um, and so, yeah, I think, I mean, Hey, it's all you can ask for in a debut. Um, I'm, you know, I don't, I don't think in, in one week that it's going to cause Matt Nagy to change how he's handling, uh, the Andy Dalton, Justin Fields situation. But if, it, if anything else, he didn't, you know, look like he was scared of the moment. And actually in his post-game interview, uh, he was asked about the speed of the game. And I just love, uh, I mean, he's just got that alpha mentality, Dave. He, he said that the NFL was slower than he expected. Um, <laughs> which, you know, that's great. Maybe feeling a little overly confident uh, after his first uh, appearance. But yeah, for, for our purposes, for fantasy, I mean, I, I saw enough in week one that, hey, you know, if you're still doing best ball uh, drafts and, and you're going to wait at quarterback and, and do some of these three QB builds, um, he is definitely an option there in the double digit rounds, you know, as part of a, a team QB uh, situation for your best ball squad. He's probably going to be a priority waiver claim at some point. And uh, from Superflex Dynasty perspective, uh, you're feeling pretty good if you, you made an investment there. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could probably continue talking about Justin Fields for a while, but I want to make sure that we hit some other young players. And honestly, we're going to spend a lot of time with the quarterbacks because I think these are players that there are large ramifications for the team around them, of course. Uh, so Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo. We knew this would be a story heading in kind of a mixed bag for Trey Lance. And at the like the lead into the show, I kind of shared what the prevailing narrative was. Uh, it's kind of interesting that you saw Trevor Lawrence get uh, for some people like a negative review. Trey Lance had some bad spots, was able to overcome them due to a very nice long touchdown pass, but did only go five of 14. Like I said, though, a long touchdown pass, a couple of big plays, led him to 128 yards passing in one touchdown. In contrast, Garoppolo only took three attempts, completed all of them uh, for 26 yards. And then Josh Rosen kind of handled the majority of the rest of the work. Obviously, we're not too concerned about him. Uh, but Trey Lance versus Jimmy Garoppolo, this is going to be heating up. Do you think that the performance, that kind of exciting big playability that Lance showed and also did kind of prove that he does belong on the NFL stage, perhaps not as a starter. We can't opine on that yet, but did look like he could, you know, make the transition. How much do you think this performance is going to push the coaching staff to lean towards Lance over Garoppolo? Like for week one, let's just talk. Let's just talk the course of the season. We can, let's say like for week eight, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how else to quantify yeah, it, I, but um, you can, you can take it whatever direction sure. you think makes the most I, I sense. Okay. Yeah. I mean, he definitely needs a lot of snaps. Like, I mean, he, he basically, you know, didn't really play, you know, last year. Um, you know, he hasn't played in a full year and, and when he did play last year, you know, it wasn't really material. Um, I mean, he took four sacks. Um, he didn't post an interception in the box score, but he definitely had a couple of gifts given back to him. Um, there I think was the two that really should have been, should have been in. Yeah. There was two that really should have been interceptions. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I think he's a work in progress. You know, the, the highlight is what's really exciting. I mean, and he had a, a nice out route that he threw, uh, uh, I'm trying to remember, um, my highlights here. I think, uh, they're going right to left on my screen. He threw it up, uh, up to the, uh, sideline, uh, at the top of the screen and a nice out route, like a 15 yard out, just really strong arm. Um, you can see, you know, what the coaching staff 
I would be excited about there. But, you know, this Niners team, I think they expect uh, to compete. Um, you know, they're loaded on offense. They, they have a reasonably strong defense. And, you know, I, I think their time to win is now. So, um, you know, I see this as more of a, uh, I see this as more of almost like a, I don't know, probably how the Chargers planned um, to have it go with um, Teron Taylor and Justin Herbert last year, except uh, Taylor got injured and their hand was forced. You know, I really see Jimmy Garoppolo probably, you know, starting through the month of September and, you know, they're going to watch, uh, they're going to watch the record. You know, even, even looking back to the Chiefs handling of Patrick Mahomes and his rookie season, um, Alex Smith, you know, I think there's a lot of parallels here actually too. Um, but Alex Smith had the team, you know, winning games and we didn't get Mahomes until uh, a meaningless week 17 um, contest. And, uh, you know, I think that's a range of possible outcomes here. I'm really not sure when Lance will play. I think that we'll see him, but I think Jimmy G is going to be under center as long as the team's winning. Yeah. And I think that you have to imagine, like you said, just that layoff, the amount of time that Lance wasn't in action, also coupled with the fact that he did not have, you know, a high volume of college games. There's just probably so much that he needs to take in to allow this offense to operate to its full capabilities, which if they're looking to be competitive and they're looking to really make a charge this year, I think that they're going to have to lean on Garoppolo at least early on, see how things transpire. And again, you know, there was some excitement there, but like you pointed out, it definitely was not all positive, though the highlight play has pushed up his ADP. I've noticed in some of the drafts that I've been in, I would be careful about getting suckered into that. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, that's a great point. Uh, just practical application, Dave. I totally agree. Like, I didn't see, if anything, I, I have more questions about Lance after watching the first week of the preseason. Because, you know, before we we were able to validate that with competitive snaps, it was more like, hey, this team's more open in camp um, than what we expected. Like, then there's the intrigue. Like, what will Lance look like when he actually does play? I mean, if we're comparing his, his, uh, 
his, uh, you know, first appearance to Justin Fields. Um, I think Fields uh, looked more polished and more ready. And I also think that Garoppolo is better than Dalton. So, I mean, I, I, I would, uh, I would definitely give the edge to, to Fields, like from a redraft perspective, I would be much more interested in targeting him uh, with what we've seen so far. Yeah. And there's definitely, um, you know, a lot to help Garoppolo succeed uh, in the 49ers offense, I think in comparison to what uh, Dalton would have in Chicago. Very quickly, uh, Trey Sermon had nine carries, produced just 26 yards. Of course, Wayne Gallman on six carries averaged about 3.5, so a little bit better than Sermon. Neither back really got it going. I don't know if you have a reaction to this performance or thoughts, if this gives you any clarity in the 49ers' backfield. Personally, I don't think that there's much to read into here, so I, I wouldn't try to make any decision off of this game. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, in, I'm in wait and see mode. Nice. All right. So Mac Jones, uh, I thought that he provided a very solid glimpse of the type of offense that New England wants to run with Jones. Um, I think it looked to me like he's shown that he could be a good fit for the type of system that they want to run. I do think that we could see Jones pushing Cam fairly early on. But my biggest takeaway from the game here, I think, is that Mac Jones looks like the type of player that could fill a long-term void for the Patriots. It just feels to me, and I can say this as a Patriots fan here, I'm going to break my typical analyst type of mold and just say, I get the perception from watching this game that they are excited about him, that they see a large range of ways that they can use him. And I think we're going to be looking at Mac Jones for a number of years in this offense, making him even more of a dynasty asset in terms of how this would impact the receivers. I think that you're going to see a number of receivers getting involved when he get, comes into play, be it this season or next year. Uh, and I think that I'm pretty excited about the possibility of some of these tight ends and the wide receivers that they have. The immediate implication for this year though, Curtis might be that Hunter Henry and John Smith are already looking a little bit banged up. Uh, so that's something we're going to have to pay attention to as that might create values for some of these wide receivers on new England at the right at the start of the season. Yeah, man, tons to react to there, but I think you covered it really well. So I'll keep it, keep it brief here. Um, we, you know, to, for the Patriots to be interesting for redraft purposes, I mean, we've needed Mac Jones to step up. I mean, Cam is just not at the point where he's going to support, you know, the pass catchers anymore. You're basically, you know, hoping for multi-touchdown games or, um, you know, streaming cam and hoping that it's a game where, you know, he gets a couple with his legs. Um, so the Patriots are way more interesting for fantasy if it's a non Cam Newton uh, quarterback. And uh, yeah, I think you're right. I mean, Jones was efficient, completed like two thirds of his passes, uh, you know, not much uh, in terms of uh, yards per attempt there. I think he had just 87 yards on 19, 19 attempts, um, you know, but, you know, it was efficient. And, you know, what we're looking for in, in New England is probably like Jacoby Myers PPR explosion um, or really for um, Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry to really, you know, step to the front of the line uh, for the tight end targets. Um, you mentioned them being banged up. I still think uh, Smith will be available before Henry just based off of the nature of the injuries. And, you know, we got some updates uh, today as of, you know, this recording on Monday um, that that injury doesn't really look serious. It's a, a lower uh, ankle, m low, mild ankle sprain. Uh, and you know, he, it may even just be like one week off, uh, for him. 
Um, so if, if anything, it, it may make Smith a little bit more affordable. He's the one I'm more interested in anyway. And it sets it up for, uh, well, it sets up for a couple of things. Um, it sets up for Myers and one of the tight ends to be interesting, especially over the second half of the season, if Jones were to emerge. Um, and it also might bring, you know, in, in deeper leagues, or at least from a waiver wire perspective, maybe it brings like James White um, back into the conversation um, in terms of having a quarterback that's going to dump off rather than scramble. Um, you know, because James White, you know, many, many uh, effective seasons when Brady was there. And, you know, we just didn't see the same level of involvement in the offense with Cam in uh, 2020. So we need to talk about Ramondre Stevenson, a player that's going to capture the imagination <laughs> um, of many a fantasy manager out there. 10 carries, 127 yards. Of course, 91 of those 127 came on a breakaway touchdown, put up two touchdowns. How are you reacting to this? What do we do about Sony Michelle, Damien Harris, James White, Stevenson, and the ever murky New England backfield? Yeah, I don't think anything yet. Um, I'm not, I mean, Damien Harris is not one of my targets anyway. I don't think I, I actually don't think I own uh, or, or have any exposure to him. Um, and over 60 leagues that I've drafted so far this year. Just not the profile that I want. Um, didn't really view him as a player that could add anything in the receiving game. Um, Sony Michelle, definitely not on my board. Um, you know, so it's just, I, I think it's still wait and see. There's no reason to think that, you know, Stevenson dominating in garbage time against a lot of players that, you know, probably won't be on a roster. Uh, if that's not going to, he's not going to usurp Harris off of one of those performances. I think for week two uh, and three in particular, we need to be watching to see the Stevenson get more time with the second team offense. Does he get any first team snaps? That's going to be an indication of, you know, if he's closing the gap there and, uh, you know, changing the picture. Now, from a dynasty perspective, Stevenson may not be rostered. That's, wh that's where you're really interested. You know, yep. th there's not a lot of running backs in the league really that can actually house a 91 yarder. Um, and with Stevenson's, uh, you know, with, with Stevenson's weight, I mean, this is a big boy, you know, this is a 235, 240 pounder, you know, it's really exciting uh, for a player like that to go the distance. So, um, I would recommend, you know, if you're a, a dynasty player, listen to this podcast, go out and check your waiver wire there, uh, in formats like, you know, the FFPC that haven't run waivers yet. Um, he's, he's probably an ad if he gets any snaps with the second team at all this week. And then those deeper leagues, like, you know, on my fantasy league or sleeper or some other platforms like that, uh, where you're on in 25, 30 players, you know, make sure that Stevenson's rostered. Yeah. Final note, just to follow up on that. Remember too, that with the Patriots, maybe more so than any other team, one run where Stevenson does something that the coaching staff doesn't like could entirely erase all of the goodwill that he may have acquired in that preseason game. <laughs> so like you can't get too attached yeah. to it. Um, all right. I actually did yeah, not get to see very awesome. much. Yeah. I didn't get to see very much Curtis of the Panthers, uh, game. So I know that a lot of people were very excited about Terrace Marshall jr. Uh, had a 60 yard reception converted three of five targets, 88 yards, of course, this is a rookie wide receiver in an offense with two um, established wide receivers around him. Did you have any quick thoughts on Terrace Marshall? 
Um, I think it's just, you know, this just reiterates that, um, you know, t- uh, when, when talent, when, when players that we think are talented, um, you know, pop right away, you know, that, that's good. I mean, this is a little bit of confirmation bias on Terrace Marshall. He was drafted early. Um, he's got, he's got a, a, a size speed profile. That's a little bit unique on the Panthers. And of course, DJ Moore, you know, super talented. He's thicker for a shorter guy, but you know, Anderson's a little bit of a, a you know, a, a water bug type, um, you know, long and lanky. Uh, and, you know, Marshall has the, the prior relationship with Joe Brady, um, where, you know, we were hearing that, you know, he could be, you know, a big slot, uh, even if he doesn't win the outside job. So you when you see a player drafted early, um, super talented like this, make a big play and, you know, in his first appearance on his first, you know, target ever. Um, yeah, it's pretty exciting. So, uh, Marshall remains, you know, double digit round target. You know, I've been drafting him, uh, around, you know, round 13, 14, uh, an FFPC best ball, you know, you get a little bit, you know, around over two ahead of ADP just to make sure you get a player like that. And I think he'll continue to rise. I, I, there's no reason to believe he won't make more plays this preseason. And, you know, I think by the end of the year, we could be talking about Marshall as a player who, you know, maybe leads the Panthers in touchdown receptions and, you know, has maybe really pressed Robbie Anderson into more of a complimentary role. So, uh, yeah, uh, very, very exciting to see. And then for a deep dynasty note, um, the Panthers took this player earlier than anyone expected in the draft. And uh, Tommy Trimble, uh, rookie tight end out of Notre Dame with a, a seven-yard uh, touchdown uh, reception in the back of the end zone, really nice play. Um, Tommy Trimble not getting much buzz this summer because Dan Arnold has looked pretty good, the free agent out of uh, Arizona um, that was brought over. But, you know, Trimble, a a deep dynasty stash for those, you know, playing in tight end premium. And I do believe I remember our Devi coordinator, Travis May, talking up Tommy Trimble during our uh, ranking summit. So it was fun to see that come full circle already. Uh, my other note from that game, uh, Chuba Hubbard with a really cool nifty kind of 59 yard run where he hit the pile, bounced off, banged it to the outside. Um, it was exciting in that we got to see some of that speed that we knew he had translate. Of course, it goes back to the one game, but I think it's worth uh, just noting so that people don't forget about Chuba, a player that's going to be on a team where it's going to be hard for him to actually get involved this year barring unforeseen circumstances. But I say that statement, break it down for us, Curtis. Is there any possibility that we do see him getting some level of usage this year alongside Christian McCaffrey? Could there be any possibility to that? No, it's a head shake. I mean, all right. uh, Yeah. I mean, I I think, uh, you know, if a game is already sealed one way or another, uh, you know, maybe, maybe CMC gets put on ice just to protect the investment. Um, but, you know, short of a McCaffrey injury, I don't think that Hubbard's a factor, uh, in, in fantasy this year. I, I don't really advocate for drafting him quite yet. I do think there's, you know, he could potentially be like a spend all your fab guy at some point in the year. You know, we saw what Mike Davis did. The team basically tried to treat him exactly as they treated Christian McCaffrey, uh, last year. You know, of course the team's in a different situation, new quarterback situation, you know, more weapons on uh, the exterior. So, you know, perhaps, uh, Hubbard would have more success than, than Davis had even, you know, last year. So he's just like a, you know, you know, he's a watchless guy, uh, for, for 2021, really not advocating for drafting him. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I've, I've had people ask, and I'm sure that most listeners of this show wouldn't think that, uh, 
this was something that they that they'd be interested in doing. But I've had people ask if they take McCaffrey. And, you know, this is across various formats. How important is getting uh, Hubbard behind him? And I would say that it's not that important. Uh, but we're going to move along to the final player I wanted to talk about. That was Trevor Lawrence. Uh, took two sacks. I think it was the first or second play. I believe it was the first. Actually got hit, fumbled. Um, ended up going six of nine for 71 yards. Like I said before, it seemed like a lot of people saw this as a pretty negative performance. I wasn't bothered by this. You know, there's going to be ups and downs. It was, you know, not a terrible performance overall. No reason to really worry about him. The thing that I want to talk about was we saw him looking pretty comfortable targeting Marvin Jones, the old veteran wide receiver. And during the game, the announcers were talking about how sometimes these young quarterbacks like to lock on to those older veteran wide receivers. I'm not concerned with that narrative so much as, just we actually haven't talked very much about Marvin Jones, him transitioning into Jacksonville. I wonder if you have any quick thoughts for us on if Marvin Jones is a player that we should be thinking about at his current ADP player that's going behind the two younger uh, players in Shark and um, LaVisca. I mean, I think I think we talked about this back in, in June when we were doing our, our team by team. Oh, reviews. right. Yep. I'm really just not interested in the Jaguars. Yeah. I'm. I'm uh, excuse me. I also need to remember the feedback that I got after our, our episode on the Jaguars. Um, I've got to make sure that I, I, uh, I say that, that correctly, but, you know, I just think that, you know, urban Meyer, uh, you know, he, his preference is going to be to spread the ball. Um, I think I'm more, I'm probably more concerned about LaVisca Chenault's um, ADP being too early than I am concerned about missing on Marvin Jones late. Uh, Chenault um, played a little deeper into that game than I think uh, anybody would have anticipated. So, you know, it's possible they're experimenting. Um, but, you know, I just think even at the running back position, you know, we see ETN, you know, going inside around five and, and Robinson going inside around 10. I just think this could be a situation where like everyone's overdrafted um and, until until the offense asserts itself in 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 garbage time you know and, and perhaps there is a you know a favor that gets locked onto but um it's a steer clear situation for me honestly i am a marvin jones fan um you know he he's he's almost like uh 70% Doug Baldwin or something like that uh you know it was a player that uh, had relatively low draft capital and then always outperformed it. Um, you know, he was solid in Cincinnati, solid in Detroit, actually really solid in Detroit, um, kind of in an unsung manner, just on really some terrible teams. Um, but I mean, he's getting a big downgrade from Matthew Stafford to whoever's under center in 2021 in Jacksonville. So um, good for Marvin. Nice showing for him. Uh, not really on him. Yeah, fair enough. Um, we are going to talk about uh, Chanel later in the week. Like you, I have a lot of reasons to be compelled to pivot off of going with Jaguars players when I am making my draft picks uh, this summer. I should have mentioned at the top of the show in case we lost anybody, but who would stop listening? Let's be honest. We have a special guest joining us next week. I'm really looking forward uh, to this one. So make sure that you pop in. Of course, um, on Wednesday of this week, Friday, and then make sure that you're back for next week because that is going to be appointment listening. 
Thanks for listening to the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at DaveCabinFF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at RotovizFFShow at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.